0: You're listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam.
1: Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. I love starting this show acting like nothing has come before it or after it. It's yeah. like pure snow. It is. Even though we were laughing hilariously right as you hit the record button. Welcome to day 129 and 130 of reading through the Bible in a year. You are joining us on our uh, year-long journey through the oral tradition, simply talking about what we're reading. We are bringing a little bit of education to it, so it's fun, we hope it's helpful. But uh, let's get right into the story, Matt. We are in the thick of it. Our Old Testament reading for today is
0: Judges, chapters 9 through 11.
1: Yeah. Man, the Judges. So, what... We just came out of a crazy story yesterday, or the day, last reading, Yeah, with good old Gideon, right? Yeah, Jerubabal. Jerubabal. Con- the uh, let, let Baal battle for himself. That's what his name means. Mm-hmm. Well, and he says, I'm not going to be your king, but then acts as a king and has a child with one of his many 70 concubines or whatever, one from Shechem, who he names Abimelech, which means... My father is king. (laughs) My father is king. So clearly a uh, conflicted character. Well, guess what? So we did get 40 years of rest after Mm -hmm. Gideon, right? Uh, Yes, we Because Gideon did wipe out the bales, and God, it's just showing us again, over and over again, that God uses broken people. He'll use a burning bush, he'll use a donkey, he'll use messed up men and women, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's also a confusing thing for us. The main idea here with the judges is that God is sending a savior. He is sending a deliverer, someone who will bring in pockets of peace and restoration to at least keep them looking a little bit like the people of God. Yeah. And so Abimelech, though, is a not even really a confusing character. He's purely bad. Yeah. He's just bad. So uh, where do we begin? I guess we'll start with, he goes down to Shechem and he says, hey, you know, this... Gideon had 70 sons, Mm -hmm. and those 70 sons are all ruling over the land. Right. So, you know, since you're my relatives, what do you guys say? Um, I just take over, so at least one of your relatives is the main king. And he starts with his mom, his concubine mom, and then has her talk to her relatives and slowly kind of turns the hearts of until the elders of Shechem say, good idea. Yeah. And so, you know, you're at this point in the story, you're like, maybe he's just being smart, because at least I'm thinking he's going to run for office or something. Right. But no, no what he does is he goes uh, back to where the 70 brothers are. Yeah. I f- he and captures them all. He captures all the kids, all his brothers, all his and brothers. kills them.
0: Yeah. Ritually just, kills them on a... An a, altar, like a, a stone. A
1: stone, right? It ritually kills them. Says, "Now I'm king."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, one brother escapes.
0: Yes, the youngest brother Jotham. Jotham. Yeah, uh,
1: and he does something kind of significant. Almost acts like a, some kind of prophet.
0: He does. It's very interesting. So he runs to the top of Mount Gerizim, the mountain of blessing. Right. And which because Shechem
1: is in between the mountain of blessing and cursing Gerizim and Ebal, yeah. right?
0: Yes, and so, which is interesting. So he's there, and he's at he's like announcing a, like a curse though towards the Shechem towards Shechem and so he he says this it's like the first parable it's I like was the gonna first say, real parable
1: was this our first parable I with think judges so. where judges 9 and Jotham lays down a sweet little parable about the trees trying to come up with a ruler for themselves yeah it's a a parable about a king and why they're choosing, like, a vine, why they're choosing a fig tree, why they're choosing and, an olive and, tree. It's and like,
0: everything keeps turning it down because it's like, look, I already do, I already have amazing stuff that I'm doing and I yeah. can't, I'm not going to, like, give that up to rule over you. So then they go to a bramble.
1: And the bramble says, yeah, I'll be your king.
0: <laughs> which produces nothing good. Right.
1: It's a, and, ba- and essentially, Jotham at the end of the parable says, and then the bramble will, like, destroy everything with fire. Yeah. Because the bramble is good for starting fires.
0: He says... uh if you have taken the bramble as king in good, in good faith, then great. But if not, then let out of the bramble, like, come fire. Yeah. Like, let fire come out of the bramble and destroy
1: you. Because, see, I was thinking, um, you know what olive trees do. They produce olives. You know what fig trees do. Yeah. And then the vine produces grapes. But the bramble just produces... Death. Death. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he pronounces this over them. It doesn't really land. No one really understands what Jotham's doing. It's like, whatever. He runs away. And then, it, and following Abimelech's rule, then is about three years of just kind of tyranny. Yeah,
0: nothing good.
1: To the point where uh, the locals,
0: the Shechem, the town that like, uh, like got him to be king, got him in this position. Yeah. That town hates him now,
1: and so they start uh, setting up ambush. Apparently, through Shechem, you got two mountains. It's a trade route, mm-hmm. and typically now Abimelech would be receiving all of the taxes of anybody who goes through. He would be making money,
0: and yeah. So like the deal is, if you're a trader, you pay taxes
1: to any ruler or king because they Go, will protect you, and you're going through the land. Yeah, yeah. well. Abimelech couldn't protect people now because the people of Shechem hate him and they're ambushing and taking the money from people. Mm-hmm. And so he has a problem. Well, that, anyway, all, it's all chaotic, right? So Gaul, is that how we say his name? G-A-A-L? Yeah, yeah. Gaul enters and he becomes uh, a part of Shechem.
0: Yeah, so clearly, so at this point, too, what we're seeing is um, the Israelites in Shechem are living with Canaanites. There's Canaanites still in the town. So Gaul is clearly uh, a Canaanite. And so he's coming in. He's like, let's remember our roots. Our roots go all the way back to Hamor, who was the original owner of Shechem back in the days of Abraham. Right. And so that's what Gaul is calling back to. But the, so he's like a Canaanite. He's like, this land's ours. But the
1: people of God are so like interwoven mm-hmm. that they're like looking for some kind of ruler that will secure safety. When yeah. they have it in the Lord, they've just gotten so far from it that this guy, Gaul, sounds good. Like, okay, you fight for us. And so it sounds like they have a huge feast. They have a huge feast. Gaul... Probably to... Paganite, like. Paganite, yeah. the, they're worshiping. They're all getting drunk. And during that drunken feast, Gaul is talking about overthrowing Abimelech. And all the elders of Shechem are saying, yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. But there's another ruler, Zebul, so, Zebul.
0: Zebul is like the commander of Abimelech's army. Right. He's going, and so he's like in the background going, oh no. And mm-hmm. so he sends a message out to Abimelech that night and says, move your forces in and ambush them. Like, just come and attack them. They've had this giant party. They will not be recovered in the morning. Just take it. Right. Because these people are rebelling against you.
1: So they're all hungover, and sure <clears throat> enough, they go out, and uh, Gaul is like, that looks like men coming out of the mountains. That looks like. And then um, Zabul yeah. the commander, is like, no, that's not people. <laughs> and then sure enough, they're surrounded, Like, and uh, basically a Bemelech, kills the people of Shechem, Mm -hmm. destroys the city, sows it with salt so nothing would grow there again.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's brutal. So like, he not only like, so like there's like the army of Shechem that comes out to meet him in the field. He wipes them out and then he like waits and hides in the field for all the other people to come out to like, just gather the, like whatever they're supposed to do to work in the field or gather the bodies or whatever and he waits for them to come out and when they think it's safe and
1: then he slaughters all of them. But then the people who did try to hide, they hide in the Shechem tower, Tower of Shechem? Yeah. He burns it down. Well, did you ever watch uh, The Patriot? Yes. If you remember yes. like the really bad British guy he has a whole town stuck in a he tells them all to go into the church and he's gonna talk to them and tell them he lies to them and then burns the church down anyway Mm -hmm. it's a very gross scene and you're like no way this is who Abimelech is Yeah. he like the remaining people are all there's like a thousand men and women all in this tower Yeah. and like archaeology shows like they kind of build these it's not well done but it's like stones all put together and it's like basically a fortress trying to hide better than the city walls and he just uh, starts. He says, "Follow my example, guys!" And putting kindling all around it, and mm-hmm. then kills a thousand people in one swoop. Then uh, he's he's not done. Like he starts approaching another stronghold. Where does he go next? He, he, uh,
0: thebez, Yeah, he's which like must have been like another town nearby that was like also rallying with so, Shechem.
1: So at this point, Abimelech is a monster, mm-hmm. and and you see the shift in the people of God are not fighting the surrounding nations, they're fighting themselves. Mm-hmm. The leaders that they've appointed, the discredited kings who have come in through confusion and using their power in the worst possible way. Finally, the power corrupts so much that he's killing his own people. And and then there's a great story, right? Because he's pursuing more people. He goes to a new tower, but the
0: tower is better built than the one at Shechem. Mm-hmm. And so he tries to do the same thing.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> but it's taking down. a little
0: longer, and Apparently, a woman has a a millstone, right? Uh, and it's the part of the stone, like part of the mill that like would rotate, like kind of yeah. allowed to rotate. And so she like pushes it out of the window, and it crushes his head,
1: but not enough to kill him. Not enough. And so Abimelech is so full of pride and thinking about his, like like so many politicians, mm-hmm. and even us, if we got too mm-hmm. much power, maybe. He's like, I can't die by. He was upset that a woman would have killed him, mm-hmm. so he calls his armor bearer and says, "You need to finish the job because do- I don't want it to be said that a woman killed Abimelech." Yes. Of course, the story went down in its entirety, and we all know you died by the hand of a woman, Abimelech. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, buddy. He
0: killed his brothers on a stone, and he died by a stone. Oh yeah, the connection. Which is kind on a stone. of a full circle. And. And, and then Jotham. Curse came true. Comes
1: true. It's fire. The Bramble is king and he sets your whole place on fire. Mm-hmm. Like literally comes true. I was also thinking in the future we'll be we'll be reading about Saul, the first king of Israel, the first official king. And I think his story ends with asking his armor bearer to kill him as well. It's very similar. It's interesting. So we were definitely setting the trajectory for Israel always is looking for someone to rule over them. They just have no discretion. Like they cannot pick a good ruler mm-hmm. um, because they're not trusting the Lord. So this king is awful. Uh, now, having a king is not bad, but the, but the wrong person is where it all gets mm-hmm. really messed up. So after <coughs> Abimelech, is there anything else you want to say? Nope. Yeah. I mean, um, I just always think of like um, how Jesus serves us as king. Yeah. I'm started, I've been starting to think about Jesus as our king and the differences between someone like Abimelech and him that Jesus is not operating out of revenge. He's not operating out of insecurity and exerting his power, but he's actually doing the opposite and uh, coming in humility, Mm -hmm. which is amazing, right? And he's coming as the exalted son of God, not as a son who's had to kill all his other brothers and try to make himself great. And yet the people received Abimelech and rejected Christ. It's
0: amazing. It is interesting thing about like even the birth stuff like where he's like he's like the half brother like he's off the which jesus technically was like the half brother of all of his siblings like and he and that was something that was always kind of he was always called the son of mary he was never called the son of joseph that's true because his birth was questionable and so there is that kind of like recurring theme within all of these guys because we're going to read about another guy Who also had a current recurring idea where it's like you don't really we don't really know who your dad is or your your inheritance is in question because it wasn't through like proper marriage and stuff like that and so these rulers come up and they are corrupted by that but Jesus wasn't
1: yeah and that theme is going to continue but in between um, Abimelech and our next judge. There's these two, what are referred to as minor judges. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't say that Abimelech had any kind of rest after his reign, right? There was no no redemptive, excuse me, redemptive part to that. I think the rest came after he died. Well, he died, and then uh, there's two minor judges named Tola and Jer. Yep. And there's not much said about them, that's why they're minor. But uh, Tola was 23 years of kind of rest, and Jer brought in 22 years. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, they followed the discredited kingship of Abimelech. And so what I was realizing is you add those together, and that's about 45 years. Again, a 45-ish year of rest under these guys. Then they weren't perfect at all. I mean, one of the guys, it talks about he rode on 30 sons who had 30 donkeys and 30 cities. And so to me, it sounded a little bit like they were good, and they are blessed, but they were also, you know. Obviously polygamous. Yeah, and obviously, like, knew how much they had and mm-hmm. kept count of things like that. So there's a little bit of uh, of that there. But ultimately, God used them to bring in rest. hmm Well, after they're gone, it's uh, the people did evil again in the sight of the Lord. So we're at about 300 years now. Yes. And it's uh, 18 300 years since the allotment, really, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So not even the years of slavery in Egypt now. No. We're talking about the allotment of the land. And uh, people did evil, only this time it's like the evil is getting a little more embedded. Yes. You know, so like now <clears throat> the people cry out because it's 18 years. So they live 18 years under the oppression of Philistines and Ammonites. are mm-hmm. just oppressing them brutally. But they're also worshiping all the gods. Uh, I mean, it lists like the gods of... Um, Syria, Sidon, Moab, Ammonites, the gods of Philistines, and they forsook all the Lord and did not serve him. Mm -hmm. And so it gets to the point where even divine patience is starting to be exhausted, where God's like, you know what? I'm about to be done with you all.
0: Yeah. And like, I mean, and again, like these gods that they're following are awful. Yeah. They're like gross. Like the things that are required is like human sacrifice and orgies mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And and then what's on top of it <clears throat> is like within history, they're like archaeologists are finding inscriptions where it's like where people have written, "Oh, Asherah was the wife of Yahweh, the God of Israel." Right. And so like that's how much they were mixing yes. everything. And God's like, nope.
1: This is not the real story. I'm out. This story is leading you all Mm -hmm. to slavery and I can't be a part of it. Yeah. Well, the other idea too is I'm thinking over the 300 years since allotment, Um, there's just more intermixing, like maybe there's more trade, maybe whatever, you can just feel the presence of these people coming back. Mm -hmm. And that's what we'll see with uh, God raises up a savior, he raises up somebody who is the least expected, Jephthah. <clears throat> Jephthah was a mighty warrior, but the son of a prostitute. Yes, and so you see, the judges. We started with Othniel, who came from the line of C- Caleb, right? Mm-hmm. It was honorable. Yeah. And now, uh, 300 years later, we're. Uh, this is who God's finding. Yeah. Jephthah, who is a strong warrior, that's like the commendable part of him. But he's the son of a prostitute. He has fewer and fewer ideal qualities that would make him a leader. And in fact, he's such kind of a little rebel that um they reject him all the true sons who know who their dad is and mm-hmm. and wasn't that he has brothers who were
0: oh yeah legitimate yeah, yeah.
1: They, they push him out and mm-hmm. say get out of here so he goes away into way east way beyond like East northeastern I tried to find it on the map like but uh, the only thing I could find was it was beyond um Gilead and if you look if you look at like Gilead and Bashan it's up to mm-hmm. the northeast somewhere mm-hmm. so he's way out in kind of... Um, out of the promised land, and all these ruffians yeah. have surrounded him. So he's got like this kind of hell's angels.
0: Um, identity, team. identity,
1: yeah, yeah. Like, and he's upset. Well, the weird thing about him though is he's like the uh, he's like the biker with the with the brains, right? Mm-hmm. Because as soon as after eighteen years, they they cry out to Jephthah, and they're like, "Will you fight for us? Will you mm-hmm. help us? We're so tired. We're crying out to the Lord." And he says, "Okay, but but the thing I've learned is that the tribal allotments are totally, almost totally gone now. Like Mm -hmm. no one's operating in these stories according to like the tribe of Manasseh, the tribe of Gad. It's all now like Gilead and Bashan. It's regions because they're so mixed up. The definitions of the God of God's people and their land have become so synchronized, like uh, uh, so intermeshed that now it's not even." they don't even refer to the tribal lands.
0: Yeah, it's hard to, like... So if if they are in Gilead, they would be potentially Gadites. Right.
1: So, right, but, but now you have to like, do some research know. to remember that. <laughs> right, it's like the 13 original colonies. Yeah. Like, okay.
0: So, uh, so I do want to say yeah. that the people that are oppressing Israel at this point... So we are on the east side of the Jordan. Right. Um, but uh it's the Ammonites and the Ammonites were from lot uh, they were the brother nation to Moab okay and uh, they were way east of the Jordan they were even more east of those lands. Um, and so they had come in raided through uh, Gad and through Manasseh and we even went in across the Jordan and went down through Ephraim and Judah to like raid okay. and so, they were causing a lot of problems, but we find them now in Gilead, which is uh, east, like probably one of the more eastern cities of the allotments. Well,
1: they asked Jephthah, they're like, please help us. And he's like, you guys hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, will you make me your king, basically, the head over all your people? Yeah. They said, uh, sure, if you can pull this off, sure. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, all right. So he goes and talks to the kings of Amma, Amnon. And
0: yeah, he actually, this is the first like, act of like kind of
1: diplomacy. Well, and, and Jephthah, really the son of the prostitute, who's known for being strong, he actually is one of the smarter, like he, he, he defends the Lord.
0: He apparently knows the history.
1: Well, that's what's so amazing. It made me think that everybody knows the history of their land, even the Ammonites mm-hmm. know. Because, uh, like so many things, when you're trying to work things out, you realize that the narrative has been distorted on, on at least one side of the story. has yeah, been yeah, a little yeah. bit distorted. And so, Amnon says, he, Jephthah says, Why are you coming after us? Like, these aren't your lands. Why are right. you trying to take them? Why are you doing this? And he says, Oh, because Moses. So, like, Amnon mm-hmm. is going back 300 years and remembering everything mm-hmm. the Lord did, whereas the people of Israel are not remembering. Mm-hmm. That's what's so crazy. So, like, the rest of the world is remembering. And uh, the rest of the world says, you took all this land from us east of the Jordan. Mm -hmm. And so then Jephthah has to be like the scholar and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, we didn't. We wanted to pass through peacefully. But your kings, the Ammonite kings and the Moabite kings came at us and said no and tried to to kill us. So we had to fight back. And our Lord gave us your land because you rejected.
0: Right. Wouldn't you... Don't you take lands that your God gives you? Right. And so, so it's pretty well, great. How can you hold that against us? We just took the land that our Lord gave us.
1: And and so the king of Ammon is like, does not respond or care. He's like, ugh. But I was just thinking like these ancient wounds are still all just mm-hmm. beneath the surface, mm-hmm. right? And that time does not heal the wounds.
0: Yeah, 300 years. Yeah, that's true.
1: Only Jesus does. Mm-hmm. And so the wounds for the Ammonites are that we lost our land. And the wounds for the, um, the Israelites are like we we don't trust the Lord. (laughs) We didn't really believe that God gave it to us. Yes. Yes. So the stage is set then for one of the most controversial events in the Bible. (laughs) It's crazy. So,
0: yeah. So it's interesting because he's obviously at this point, one of the more connected guys to the history. He even says like the Lord will be victorious. Right. Um, He doesn't claim like victory is his. Like, He's very, like, the Lord will be with us. But he does this thing right before he goes out to face the Ammonites, which is, like, what are you doing? Why yeah, would you what even you say doing? that?
1: And what is that thing, Matt?
0: And so he says, he makes a vow before God and says, If you will give the Ammonites into my hand, then whatever comes out from the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the Ammonites shall be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering.
1: No! No! <laughs> Yeah.
0: No. Yeah, you're like, don't do it. Why? 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 Why would you do that? Why would you say that? Why do you need to say that? Okay,
1: so here's the whole. we well, let's give you the whole story, and then we'll talk about why. Okay. Whole story is God gives a great victory. Yeah. They defeat everybody. He comes back, and his only child, his beautiful daughter, comes out dancing and singing the victory of yeah, the Lord she has like and victory. Tambourines. Tambourines. She made up a song for him, and she runs out to meet him. And he starts weeping and tears his clothes because he made a covenant vow to offer a burnt offering, the first thing that came out of the door, like to him. Yeah. And so she then says, let me go for two months out to the mountains with my friends and mourn my loss and, and mourn uh, the fact that I won't be able to have any kids mm-hmm. or serve the Lord anymore. Like she sounds really pious and amazing. Like she may have been offered to the Lord, like...
0: Yeah, that's and, that's I I do want
1: to talk about that. Okay, thing, so here, that's the whole story. The whole story is he does it, and it's really confusing.
0: Yeah, like and, and and so his family line ends.
1: His family line ends. You're supposed to go out to war to protect your family, and he basically uh, makes a deal that he didn't have to make. Yeah, um, and then and from it becomes this. Uh, apparently, <laughs> the daughters of Israel went year by year to lament the daughter of Jephthah. Uh, Four days in the year. Yeah. So out of it comes this like tradition where the girls uh, remember this awful event. Right. Okay, so now let's talk about what went wrong here for (laughs) Jephthah. Like why the Lord says I'm going to fight for you. Why would he say I'm going to give a burnt offering? It sounds pious a little bit. It kind of sounds like, like, oh, I, okay. So here's, you want to hear mine? Yes, I want to hear your thing. I'm coming at it from like a cultural view Mm -hmm. point. Totally. I think, He was so assimilated to the cultures around him that it was mixing. Mm -hmm. He knew the history of God, but he also liked some of the things from the culture. And some of those things were human sacrifices. They did offer their firstborn. Plus the theme of offering your firstborn goes back to Egypt and it goes back to the Passover. But God says, I will protect your firstborn. And so I will redeem your, you give your firstborn to me and I will redeem them. And God never said, burn them on the altar. He always gave a substitute Mm -hmm. for the people of God. I think Jephthah didn't fully understand that because of his culture. I also think that even the notion to do this deal was from a place of insecurity, of always being the prostitute's son and trying Mm -hmm. to overshow everybody. Like, I'm so good. I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to be super pious. Lord, you don't need to do anything for me. I'll do it for you. And we've met people like that. Mm -hmm. We've had that in our own hearts and minds where we're trying to prove that we're good enough for the things of God. And I think it was a bad mix of pagan culture and his insecurity trying to prove that he's good enough to be blessed like this because he's trying to secure victory. Mm-hmm. And I've done that before where it's like, oh Lord, help me not to sin. And then give me a good sermon on Sunday. Like I'm making deals with God. And the truth is God doesn't make deals like that with you. Mm-hmm. He simply calls you to something. <laughs> he Like the meek inherit the earth. He says... I will give you these things. You trust me. Not do this, this, and this. And so that's the idea of religion, right? Do something good and you get good luck. Everyone loves the idea of karma, even though karma always crushes you. Always. It always always defeats you. Um, But for some reason, it's attractive. That's why I think he did it. That's why I think he was disgusted with himself and so upset and he didn't need to. I think you can be filled with the spirit and be called into a great battle and at the same time be impulsive and make foolish vows. Yes, yes. And so I praise Jesus for forgiving me for all the stupid vows I've ever made in trying to help him give me good things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you have. You have so, a more uh, well, religious... I have, well, I have a couple of things. Yeah. One, too.
0: I was thinking, because apparently the words he's using in this term, when he gives the vow, it's yeah. all masculine. Right. So one of the things I was thinking was, I wonder if he was kind of expecting, if not hoping, it was one of his older brothers that would come out to meet him uh, first. Oh, yeah. And that he could do. There you go. And so I think that's what was kind of going in the background of his mind Because he, like he thought what, his
1: brothers loved him. Yeah. Or they would love. Oh, yeah. that's even another mm-hmm. psychological level. Yeah. Maybe then they'll so, love me and they'll come out and see me and then I'll have to sacrifice exactly. one of them. Yeah. See, it's a mix.
0: Yeah. So I mix, think though. it was. I think it was one of his. I think he was thinking one of his brothers would come out, which is awful. Uh, the other potential, while most people would say he probably did sacrifice his daughter. Yeah. Uh, the other potential idea is there was a substitute sacrifice yeah. and she was, uh, lived the rest of her life as a Levite dedicated to the tabernacle uh, good. and she was like, but she was unable to have kids or anything like that. So, because she was in that service. Right and uh, therefore his it was as if she was dead.
1: Well, that's the thing we need to realize is that the Lord never asks us to kill our children. Mm-hmm. In fact, he's the God of life, and so he has done nothing but provide substitutes yes. for that. And so I hope it turned out that way where she was dedicated to uh, priestly work, and so he lost her as a source of uh, lineage and inheritance or something. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, but don't let that ever confuse you. Don't make, do not make deals with God. Simply receive his deal. Yeah. And his deal is to be gracious and merciful to you in the Lord mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Woo! So uh, Abimelech, Japheth, they're no good in Abimelech. And there's some good in Japheth. Yeah. I, or Jephthah, sorry. Jephthah, yeah. And uh, But it was confusing. He, just, he got confused. And just like your life, when we look at your life, there's some good things there, but if we look uh, for you to save us, we will be confused. Yes. The Lord only saves. All right. Ooh, we'll leave it on a question there. Yeah. Okay. What do we got for the New Testament today, Matt?
0: Our New Testament reading for today is John chapter 6,
1: verses 1 through 59. Have to cover 59 verses because these verses, if these verses were on a menu at a burrito place, they would be a loaded burrito. I kind of set everything up there. Um, it's just so much.
0: So we get John's take of the 5,000. Yeah. And John connects this, oh man, a lot more, like a lot more strongly to uh, the Old Testament than any of the other takes did.
1: Well, John writes after, right? He records after he's seen mm-hmm. Matthew and mm-hmm. Mark. And so it is a beautiful like tapestry of Old Testament all the way to the to communion. Yeah. I yes. mean, this is like he likes the most it all the way through. If you want to understand communion and you want to understand the Old Testament uh, manna, mm-hmm. like manna to communion. Yeah, or even,
0: it's connected all yeah.
1: in this. The like Passover, the if you want to understand the Passover and how it becomes communion, this is it, John mm-hmm. chapter 6. Because he starts with the feeding of the 5,000, which is the story we know. Um, mm-hmm. But what's different about it is in John's, he records the the little boy. Right? Like, the, I'm looking for differences. And yes. The, and yes, I don't yes, think yes. the other ones had, did they have the boy and a uh, sack lunch?
0: They had this, they had like, oh, we have the barley loaves, which we learned earlier with Gideon that the barley loaf is the, the least, lesser. Yeah. The lesser. Um, and two fish. We had that, I think, but it never, I don't think it was ever attributed to, oh, it was a boy's lunch.
1: Because uh, this is just a side note, but I always love the idea of this boy somehow they they figure it out or he offers. He says, Here's my sack lunch. I know it's not mm-hmm. much, but maybe maybe Jesus can eat. Who knows what he said. Yeah. And I always uh relate to that kid going, at our best, we offer up what little we have to Jesus, and Jesus will multiply it to feed the kingdom. Yes. Which he does. And and that's how I see it. Maybe John even wants us to see it that way that um that God Jesus is the bread of life and so yeah he'll take whatever you have but he's the one that's going to do the feeding. And so it's the same story distribute it gather up the uh, leftover fragments that nothing may be lost which I think is prophetic language like mm-hmm. no one's going to be lost and he's going to say that I've come and no one will be lost that who God has called like it's all so interwoven it's hard not to just you like maybe we should just use the whole chapter all at once, mixing it all up because um, well, I I like the fact that the people see
0: this and it's like one of the few times in their lives that they're ever going to be full and eat till like they're, I know. and so like this is a big deal for them. Like we think of it like oh, it's a big deal they fed a bunch of people, but it's a big deal for the, these people to experience fullness. They were
1: expecting to be hungry. The expense, the ticket yeah. price to hear Jesus talk was to. Maybe not eat for two days.
0: Yeah, but in their even entire lives, right. like they, they just were like, you eat what you have and you start are always a little hungry. The yeah. fact that you ate and then there was leftovers is a big deal. Right,
1: it's very common to us.
0: Um, and so they attribute it to, this is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. And by that, they're saying, oh, this is Moses. Moses came back. He fed the people in the wilderness. Yeah. And he was the greatest prophet that ever lived. And so he, here he is again. This is it. And he, Mo, Moses is back.
1: Well, and then in verse 13, I think in light of Judges, it's perfect timing. We don't, We don't know. Mm-hmm. The guys who created this reading list, we think they're geniuses, but we also think maybe it's just the word of God that lines up perfectly. Yeah. Perceiving that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. So, like, they're going, you rule over us. Yes. You rule over us. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. Because he knows why they're doing it. These are the same people with the same idea. They elected Abimelech.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, oh, you solve all of our earthly problems. Go. Go. And Jesus is trying
0: problem (laughs) yeah
1: like Jesus says no I know that you're only coming after me to be king because you got bread
0: yeah and so he he sneaks away and then I love this take on the story
1: yeah
0: um so it's the same story of uh he's like dismissing the people the disciples go away Jesus is getting some alone time and they're out on a boat and Jesus goes walks on the water Mm -hmm. yada 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 there's a storm He gets in the boat, the storms calms, and then they're on the other side. But the narrative in this one that we don't get is the people wake up in the morning and know that Jesus didn't go with the disciples, see all the boats are still there, but Jesus is gone. And they're like, where did he go? Right. Where did he go? And so then they run to his disciples to find out where Jesus is. They go, and then Jesus is there. And they're like, how did you get here? What you didn't take a boat. All the boats were there. Yeah. I don't know how you got here. So it's very interesting. I love that. Like there's this like little moment of it is the people v- trying to figure out what happened. And it is
1: very paparazzi. Like you're yeah. aware of you because this is like life and death to be with this guy. Yeah, like, like he's our meal
0: ticket. Are stalking him.
1: And so yeah, and but then when he appears to the guys, the uh, disciples, it is I. Do not be afraid. Which is the presence of God with you. Do mm-hmm. not fear. Yeah, be courageous. Boat, yeah. And so he's basically saying, I'm the true king over God's people. I'm the king over creation. But then he doesn't want to let this bread thing go. Right? So, like, it what? comes back around. The next day, as the crowd came back, mm-hmm. he's going to keep talking about um, the bread that they'd eaten because they're wanting more bread. Yes. And, and they're like, uh, when did you come here? And then he just kind of goes, look, he gets right to their heart because they're, they're, they're doing what you said, like the paparazzi thing. Like, how did you get here? What We want to know for sure. Like, we have an idea of how you got mm-hmm. here, but tell us for sure. And the irony of it is they're like, the leaders will be like, show us a sign. Mm-hmm. But they're already knowing the sign that he's done. He's created bread. He's walked on water. But the, but Jesus just cuts to it and says, look, it's just because I I filled your stomachs with loaves. Mm-hmm. But don't labor for that food. Uh, the food that endures to an eternal life is me, the Son of Man. I'll give it to you. Yes. So now he starts to say, and he says the, the seal of God, like I was thinking, not only do I have the authority to feed you, but I have the seal from my father in heaven. Like he is my, um, well, we're, we're recognizing too, right? By reading the judge's. The Father, mm-hmm. uh, the authority of your lineage, mm-hmm. it guarantees certain things. And Jesus is saying that God has sealed me to do this work, and I have fed you. And then he gets more explicit because they, they say, what do we do? How do we do the works of God?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the only work of God that Jesus says is that you believe in him who was sent. So that means you got to believe that he's sent from God. Yes. And you just got to believe what he's saying to be made right with God.
0: Yes, and I love this this their response to this is mind-boggling and totally human. I love it. They say, "Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform?" Right. He just fed them. Right. And now they're going, "We I Well, what makes you so great?
1: Yeah, you need, you need to you need to <laughs> Wait, authenticate fr- this. To we us. we
0: want you to be king over us, but we don't want you to be god over us." Yeah.
1: We, yeah, it's true. Like, and, then,
0: and then they go, our fathers ate manna in the wilderness as it was written, Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat.
1: Yeah. Well, here we go. And Jesus is like, okay, buckle up. Yeah, Jesus. And he says it like three or four times. Like it's not a one-off. It's a very, like this is my thesis. Yes. I am the bread of life. Yeah. I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. I will rise you up again. I will rise. He says like three times. And then he even says very clearly, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my, my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Now, could Jesus be any more clear what do you think Jesus wants us to hear in that section I just read um, something about his flesh and his blood like do, do you yes. realize how straightforward like Jesus is saying four times in those two verses eat my flesh drink my blood eat my flesh drink my blood what uh, whoever Not. feeds on my flesh drinks my blood abides in me and I in him mm-hmm. so whoever feeds on me he also will live because of me this is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Yeah. So Jesus is saying, I am the manna. Mm-hmm. God has sent me to feed you in the wilderness, To, but not only to feed you, I you eat this and you will live forever. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I love, I love that they have like another like, little call back to the Israelites in the wilderness. Right. And it's like, so the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. Yes. And I just love that they in, John inserts like the grumbling because that's what they were constantly doing in the wilderness. And here they are grumbling against the bread of life and being like, what is it?
1: Like yeah. The manna comes, and they're like, what is is it? it? We're sick of it. It's coming out of our nostrils. I don't know what we're doing. Jesus comes, very clearly says, I am the manna sent from God. And they're like, I don't like that. I don't get it. What is it? Tell us again. Show us again. Can we have something different? Wait.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, we know know where he's from. Like, we know his parents. How does he say I've come down from heaven? Like, I love all their their questions and their complaints. And they're just like, just give us the food again. Just do the thing you did in the wilderness again. Stop telling us these riddles.
1: And then how can this man give us his flesh to eat and his blood drink is what they're asking. And and then, so then he has the conversation with his disciples. Which we'll talk about next time. Oh, yeah. Wow, man. Well, (laughs) to wrap it all up there, it's just like when you come to the Lord's Supper, so you start with Passover... Mm-hmm. And behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world is here. His blood now is over the doorpost of our hearts by faith. That, so those united by faith to Christ will be raised up on the last day to enjoy eternal communion with the Father. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when we take communion, we're, we are eating his body and drinking his blood. That's what he said. And we do it by faith. And we kind of go, what is this? Because it's just bread and it's just wine Or grape juice, but it's also something else, you know? So even your, we can even grumble about the Lord's Supper. Like, what is it? What is it really? I can't understand it. Perfect. That's how you know it's manna from heaven. (laughs) That's how you know it's sent from God because it's a mix of spiritual and physical. Mm -hmm. What is it? What is it? How does this happen? How can this be? Doesn't matter. By faith, you say, This forgives me of my sins. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I love you. Woo! I am the bread. That's good
0: stuff. All right, today we are going to read Psalm 59, verses 1 through 8. Deliver me from my enemies, O God. Protect me from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from those who work evil, and save me from bloodthirsty men. For behold, they lie in wait for my life. Fierce men stir up strife against me. For no transgression or sin of mine, O Lord, for no fault of mine, they run and make ready. Awake, come to meet me and see. You, Lord of hosts, are God of Israel. Rouse yourself to punish all the nations. Spare none of those who treacherously plot evil. Each evening they come back, howling like dogs and prowling about the city. There there they are, bellowing with their mouths, with swords in their lips. For who, they think, will hear us? But you, O Lord, laugh at them. You hold all the nations in derision.
1: Boom. You've just been fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We'll talk to you next time.